0: of this post is, A Right to Rule, Part 1. Sit back and enjoy the story. Ivy had only been awake for five minutes and already knew that today would be hellish. Through her still blurry vision, she saw one of her mother's favorite servants, Abrams, standing before her with a tray of breakfast. Lady Evelyn, your mother requests your presence as quickly as possible. I have instructions here to oversee your morning routine in order to get you to her post haste. Abrams said in a deep voice, casting his eyes to his floor as he talked to her. Ivy grumbled and rolled out of bed and put on her silk robe. Despite her love for her mother, being the daughter of one of the most powerful women in the life kingdom had its downsides. The expectations on her were enormous now that she had come of age. The fact her mother had ordered Abrams personally to oversee her getting ready meant she was up to something. Like all of the household staff, Abrams was an attractive specimen. Dressed in the standard uniform of all of the servants, he was in a pair of leather underwear that nicely outlined his sizable bulge and muscular glutes. His chest was hairless, and on each of his nipples was a gold ring, denoting his status as head servant of the household. Evie knew that her mother also liked to keep her servants plugged, and assumed that Abrams, beaten high in servant status, had at least a 5 inches plug up his rear today. My lady, I have been instructed to make sure you bathe and dress in your semi-formal regalia today, said Abrams, leading Evie into her bathroom where a nude page boy was drawing her a bath. He was bent over the tub pouring in lavender-scented oils. Evie noticed some fresh bruises on his rear. Seems like someone got in trouble, Evie said jokingly to the young page. He blushed and looked nervously at Abrams. Paul here is one of our newer acquisitions. A bruised bottom is necessary on the way to being a proper servant in your noble household, my lady said Abrams with a smile. You are dismissed, Paul he said, as Paul bowed and left the room. I got it from here, Abrams, Evie said, dismissing the higher rank servant as well. Yes, my lady, said Abrams, leaving Evie to her bath. Evie dropped her robe and removed her nightgown. She glanced at herself in the mirror. Her skin was very pale. Especially at this time of year when Lithe was experiencing its dark winters. Her hair was dark blonde and curly and hung down past her shoulders. Her body was soft and curvy, and while she was not beautiful in a starlit kind of way, she got her fair share of second glances by the servants who thought she wasn't looking. She stepped into the bath, laying down in the bubbly, aromatic water, letting out a sigh. She knew exactly what her mother was up to. Just two months ago, Evie had turned 21, the time that women in life came of age. A woman's transition from girlhood to womanhood was one of the biggest reasons for celebration in the kingdom. Evie's family owned one of the largest publishing companies in the kingdom, making her family as powerful as blood nobles. At 21, Evie could legally enter the business and begin to amass her own fortune, to create her own household, and to start a family. Evie's mother, June, was eager for her to get all three of these things started. Evie was enjoying working in her mother's office but was less enthusiastic at the thought that she would have to begin the long and arduous process that was establishing and running a household in life. She had grown up being weighted hand and foot on by a slew of handsome, submissive men, never having to worry about a thing. She knew it was expected of her to provide the same to her daughters. In addition to carrying on the family business to continued financial success, Ivy stepped out of the bath and wrapped herself in a towel. She walked into her room and saw that Abrams had laid out her outfit for the day. She first put on her underwear and bra set, and slipped on a red velour skirt that flattered her curves. She then put on a red jewel-encrusted top that felt like armor to the one wearing it. She attached a cape with gold fasteners, and slipped on a pair of heels. She exited her room to find Abrams waiting to escort her to her mother's office. Evie took a deep breath and headed to the room, Abrams following a few paces behind her. When Evie reached her mother's office's door... She knocked shortly, and heard June say come in. Evie entered her mother's office. The walls were lined with precious first editions from hundreds of years ago in dark mahogany bookcases. The woman herself was sitting at her desk, smiling up at her daughter with a hint of deviousness in her eyes. Hello darling. Thank you Abrams. Dear, have a seat, June said, dismissing Abrams. Well, Evelyn, I have completed what is perhaps the proudest endeavor of my life. Evie's heart dropped. She knew what was coming. I have found the perfect first boy for you. It took some time. I've been on this since you turned 20, but truly the effort was worth it. He's perfect for you, June continued. A first boy was something every Lithian girl was brought up learning about. In a kingdom where women, especially upper-class ones, will live their lives with many servants and lovers, your first is always significant. Often, these are the men that are chosen as reproductive mates and a more permanent bond is found between him and his lady. After her 21st birthday, a woman could move out of her mother's house and start her own household, and having a first boy was imperative to a successful start. However, since there is very little mixing between genders growing up, it was the girl's mother's responsibility to find a suitable partner. Mom, listen, Evie began. She never loved the thought of having a random man she didn't know suddenly thrust into her life. She grew up with a distrust of men and the knowledge that she would have to grow up and train one never appealed to her. I won't hear any of your silly complaints about this, darling, June said. You will be a wonderful mistress to this boy, and I know you will thrive in this role as soon as you get used to it. Abrams, bring in the boy June said into an intercom on her desk. Ivy heard the door click open and saw Abrams leading someone into the room on a standard-issue boy leash. Ivy briefly made eye contact with the leashed boy, who quickly looked away and turned bright red upon seeing her. He was entirely naked except for his collar and leash, and had a slim, muscular body. He had dark black wavy hair that went down to his shoulders, and some slight scruff to his face. Evie quickly glanced at his penis, and was pleased to see a sizable member. But nothing so large it was intimidating. Evelyn, meet Jack? As June introduced them, Jack went into a deep, yet stiff bow to Evie. An honor to meet you, my lady, he said in a monotone voice. Uh, same, said Evie. Seeming unconvinced of herself, June let out a sigh of exasperation. You two are a match made in heaven, I tell you. Now, Evelyn, darling, you know what the first step of forming your dynamic is. But before that, I have some logistics to go over with you both. Evie blushed a bit. She did know what the first step was. Jack did not grow up in lithe, so you may find him a little more rowdy than a well-bred Lithian male. But I believe you will be up to the challenge, said Evie's mother. The stables that he comes from seem to have done a decent job of taming him, but there still may be work to do. Evie looked startled. Not growing up in Lythe implied that he came here as some sort of spoil of war or as a refugee due to any of the various wars that Lythe was directly or indirectly involved in. While her mother was certainly not a pacifist, it seemed strange that June would have chosen such a potentially controversial match. Even more unusual was that she chose someone who did not come from noble breeding. Now, I'll leave you two to begin the dynamic forming process in the privacy of your room, said June pointedly to Evie. Evie got up out of the office chair and looked a bit sheepishly at Jack, beckoning him to follow her. They left the office and walked back up the stairs to her chambers. When they entered the room, Evie saw a hefty leather-bound book on her vanity that read training manual for males. Evie knew the book well, All throughout her secondary schooling she was taught from that book, which was the country-wide standardized text on household formation and training of servants. Speaking of the servant, he was standing, looking around the elaborately decorated bedroom, still naked save for the collar and leash, which was hanging down his lean body. Here, let me, Evie said to him as she reached to detach the leash from his simple black collar. The collar had to remain on, for a male could be imprisoned if spotted improperly collared. Jack tensed up at her light touch on his neck. Evie dropped the leash on the floor, trying not to take his clear unenthusiasm personally. She knew that the fairytale image of your first boy being hopelessly in love and attracted to you was unrealistic, but barely suppressed revulsion was not what she expected. You're the one in charge here. Just, you know, be a mistress to him, Evie thought to herself. Easier said than done. She never really identified with the way the best mistresses were portrayed on television as ruthless all-powerful women whose slaves were conditioned through fear first, and then love. Most women in Lythe were not that way, but the pressure to live up to that ideal image was strong. He's probably expecting that of me, too, especially since he grew up elsewhere. The image of a Lithian woman as cruel and hateful was rife in their enemy kingdoms. Hey, listen, this may not be the most ideal of circumstances, but I can't do much about it, Evie said. Going over to open up the training manual to the chapter called first meeting inspection. The opening paragraph read. When you first meet your first boy, the traditional way to begin the formation of your power dynamic is through a thorough inspection of your new servant. This is to ensure that he meets your standards, both physically and mentally, and to test his obedience training. If he does not meet your standards, then the subject may be returned to his original stables. The inspection also serves as an excellent way to assert your dominance over the male and to begin to establish your power in the relationship, for an inspection often leaves males feeling submissive and humiliated. The rest of the chapter focused on great detail on how to properly inspect the male and how the woman should assert her dominance. However, Evie didn't need the rest of the book, for her schooling drilled the rituals and procedures into her brain. You can address me as the following, My Lady, Mistress or Lady Evelyn. Anything else will not be accepted, she said. Yes, mistress, Jack said, eyes on the plush carpeting. Good. Now, the first thing I'm supposed to do to you is inspect you, to gauge your suitability for me, Evie said, trying to sound confident. Jack just nodded in response. I require verbal responses, Jack, Evie added. Yes, mistress, Jack replied. Evie walked closer to Jack so that she was facing him. Without her shoes, Jack stood at least eight inches taller than her. She looked up into his dark brown eyes, trying to read his face for any sign of emotion. He only looked distant, as if he had shut down in some way. Well, Evie embraced a challenge, and getting a reaction out of this boy was one she was ready to take on. Feeling a little more confident now that she had a goal in mind, Evie drew her finger down his hairless chest, feeling the outline of his lightly defined muscles. She drew her fingers up again, brushing them against his pert nipples. Evie noticed him twitch a bit when she did so and said with a smirk, "'Sorry, my hands are cold.' She continued her exploration of his body, running her hands along his arms and down his back, intentionally avoiding his ass or penis. Feeling emboldened, she brought him close to her with a sudden pull forward, so that their bodies were pressed together. Evie had to admit she was enjoying this a bit more than she expected. Maybe she was a natural, as her mother said. She brought her small, soft hands up to his face, brushing them against his neck. He seemed to respond to this in the same way that he did when she touched his nipples. Noted, she thought. Looking back up at him, still holding him close to her, Evie became aware of how intimate the pose was. She could have reached up and kissed him if she desired. But now was not the time for kissing. This was about unraveling his control, his composure. Evie brought her left hand down to feel for his penis. The movement was sudden, and Jack let out a noise that was a mix between arousal and surprise. Not as stoic as you come across, I see. Then again, males lose all sense of propriety when it comes to their dicks being touched, she said smiling, slowing stroking his member with one hand while the other rested on his tailbone. She could feel him slowly hardening in her hand. Males are at their most controllable when aroused. Keep them in this state for as long as you can, and deny release frequently for best results. She pushed him onto her bed to get a better look. He lay on her red duvet with his arms spread out, looking like a sacrificial lamb. His collar stood out even more against his pale skin. Most noticeably was how his dick was getting harder, bobbing against his stomach. Ivy could feel herself getting slightly aroused at the sight, but she didn't let on. I guess this is fine, she said, nonchalantly flicking the head of his penis. Jack let out a wince, but stayed where he was. She sat next to him on the bed, using one finger to stroke the length of his cock. She then moved her hand down to lightly cup his hairless balls. They looked and felt full. Have you been denied release for a while, Jack? Evie asked, with both genuine and sadistic curiosity. Yes, mistress. It's been two weeks, Jack said, flushing a bit. Evie simply smiled. Get on all fours with your butt facing me, she ordered. He did as she asked, turning his muscular ass toward her. They both knew what was coming next. The examination of a male's anus may prove awkward or uncomfortable for both parties involved. A mistress should remember that anal penetration is one of the best ways for a male to feel put in his place and to experience a heightened sense of sexual arousal. She walked over to her vanity and picked up a tube of lube and a pair of latex gloves that had been left there for her with her textbook. She then knelt on the bed behind him, pulling the gloves on with a loud snap. Have you ever been anally penetrated before? She asked, a few times, but only with fingers. Mistress, he replied, a virgin, she thought, probably brought a higher price then. She herself had a little, but not extensive experience with the bodies of males. It was common for noble or wealthy girls to sneak into the nearby boy's compound to fool around, since the genders were highly segregated during the day. She lubed up her index finger and spread open his cheeks to find a waxed asshole. Evie had always had a thing for boy butts, and Jack's was no exception. She took her lubed finger and slowly worked her way into his cavity. Awk, Jack said as her finger slid in. Evie, noticing that his cock was still hard, turned her finger and felt for his prostate. She was not an anatomy expert, but the groan he let out next clued her and she was doing something right, not wanting him to enjoy anything too much yet. She removed her finger quickly and gave his round cheek a slap. See, that wasn't so bad, she said to Jack but also to herself. After all, she had a beautiful, naked boy on her bed to play with.